Hey everyone, welcome to Tim and Sam, Sam and Tim, a podcast where Tim Gillespie and Sam Lenore invite you into a conversation with them and many of their friends where they explore life, faith, modern culture, and friendship. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tim and Sam, Sam and Tim. Sam, how you doing? I'm good, Tim. How are you? I'm good, man. It's, uh, it's a little later in the day than we normally do because we've been chatting for a while. We have so much to chat about, so much happening in the world. Yeah, man, it's, a, it's a, a lot going on, a lot of prayers going out to a lot of communities and um, yeah. you know, storms and social unrest and- Fires. Yeah, fires. Yeah, lots of fires. So much, isn't it? Yeah, they had a, they had what like eleven thousand lightning strikes. Ended up with three hundred seventy six fires in California. I thought it was I thought it was closer to five hundred fires. Mo, well, maybe it was. Unless maybe they've I'm combined. Re- maybe they're co- combined no. and they've become less fires because they're. I think I'm probably reading old news. No. And he, and here we are talking about a band that was barely vital twenty years ago. We're so relevant. Hey, listen. Today. We need to give ourselves a little more respect. I heard from somebody yesterday who said, you, know, you, guys, you guys need to, you guys need to, we, I was a fan. The way you're talking about yourselves is not oh, really, really, yeah. So, oh, should we so give, sweet. yeah, we need to probably sound like we were a little, you know, more successful. Well, we're, always, we're always trying to be humble. Right? That's what it is. We're trying it's, to be humble. And it's real humility, not false humility. Dear listener. <laughs> no, that's true. I will say this. The, the sum of our parts was always greater than our individual talent. Like we put together some great shows. I never liked our recordings, but that has a lot to do with the fact that I heard my voice on them. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of recording, what are you listening to right now, Sam? Oh, you, oh, no, you first. What are you listening to, Tim? Your list is always more exciting than mine. I, I don't think my list is all that exciting. I have a coffee pot here that just pours pours coffee on the ground. I mean, some of it gets in my cup. Maybe 30% gets in my cup. The rest of it just goes on the ground. I don't know why that is. Um, so, so yeah, what I'm listening to right now, and I'm not even ashamed to say it, is I'm listening to Taylor Swift's new album. Me too, yeah. It's good. Dude. And you know the song that not I loved, and it, ju- it jumped me to the next one? I like Exiles with, is it Bon Iver? Is that how you bon say it? Bon Iver. Bon Iver. See, now you, you can't see. That's so bad. You're not. That's, that's the I know, rookie, I rookie Bonover, Bonover Bonover mistake. I didn't you say Bon Iver? Bon Iver? You know what the you problem know, is? You're not really here's the, a fan. Here's the problem. There's no radio anymore. So you that's can't, true. nobody comes on and goes, hey, it's Bonover. Like that's nobody true. does that anymore. So you just read it and go, I guess that's how you say it. I have no idea. That's I'm true. a new fan. I'm new. Anyway, I jumped from Exiles with that, that tune with, with Taylor Swift oh, it's so to, good. to Bonover and loving it. Listen, he's, and it's actually a, what I like about that song is that you don't really hear Bonover in that, with that kind of, he's usually in a falsetto. Yeah, super he's produced. got, it's actually got his some. voice. It's his voice. It's I love so it. so good. It's so low. I can, Taylor, only sing it, I can only sing it in the morning. Is it, is it awkward that we middle-aged men are saying we love that album? Um, I, isn't it supposed to be for teenagers? I don't know. I think this Young one. Millennials. I, I don't know. I haven't listened to her other stuff. All I know is this. In the middle of COVID, she like drops an album that nobody knew she was making. Yeah. And then, and then somehow like sends cardigan sweaters to a bunch of people for some re- reason. I was reading about that. So I don't know. I don't know if I like her or not as a person. I've got no clue. But I, this album's pretty good. And that, that song, Exiles, is the thing. And by the way, yes. you know what, this, you know what this, this whole situation that we've been talking about, the band and stuff? It has, yeah. it has rekindled my desire to like play guitar. Say more. I just like, I want to, so I've got, I, I sold all my electric stuff when the band. You finally, did? Yeah, I did. Did you sell your Rick? Your, your Rickenbacker? I, oh, I sold my Rick a long time ago. I sold my Rick. I sold the telly I was playing. I sold. Um, Wasn't your Rick important to you because it was made on your birthday or something? They had like a, you had a spiritual connection to it. Uh, I hated the sound of it though. <laughs> I'm not a tone guy. I never was able to make it sound the way I wanted it to sound. So I got rid of that. I got rid of all my, uh, all my electrics. So I'm thinking about getting a new electric guitar, um, which I would probably do like a, a vintage telly. That's like my, 
I like that guitar. I'm not a Strat guy. Uh, I would do a vintage Tele. Yes. But, but one of the reasons I want to do it, and I'm not even going to, this is, this is a shameless plug because I think this dude is so awesome. So um, I know this guy named Curtis Lamberton, and he has a company called Lambertones Pickups. Mm-hmm. And um, they're just awesome. Like our, our guitarist here, Did Devin, you, he, he plays them. Just, just hang on, pause. A, okay. a person with the name Lambertone or Lamberton has a company. He, ha, he makes guitar pickups. Could, do you see the, am I the only one who picks up on the incredible irony in this? That's, I, listen, at least he didn't name his company like Supertones Pickups because then he would have lost that opportunity. Like it's a good... <laughs> choice lambertones pickups lambertonespickups.com and I, listen he's not paying us for this or anything no a- i know. actually i just bought i actually just bought a car from him for my daughter and okay, um okay and so you know i was playing around on his website and it's just amazing and then he sent us the title and he sent he sent us all this swag and by us i mean mostly me um but then he sent like two things of coffee one for me and one for you sam because nice. apparently he listens Okay. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Now, yeah. now so, I'm a fan. Now I'm a fan of his tone, his, his pickups. Well, and his pickups are amazing. Just go to his website, lambertonespickups.com. And um, he, he just is, he's an artist. It's a handmade pickups. Just phenomenal mm-hmm. guy up in Yakima, Washington right now. So anyway, my daughter picks up her car tomorrow or Sunday. He's dropping oh. it off in Hood, in Hood River. And then Hannah's flying up there to Portland and then we'll be headed to Walla. Anyway. Are you going, are you going with Hannah? No, not this time. She's doing okay. it herself, which I'm kind of bummed about. Like, I don't get to hand her her car, but I gave her a picture of it. It's wonderful, Tim. This is a, it, it just, this whole thing has been a, what a beautiful experience. Buying your first car for your daughter, uh, getting a swag. You, yeah. you know, one thing I appreciate about you is that you've always been the, you support makers. Your, your guitar the the Berta, the Jan Berta yep. guitar you got in in Berrien Springs. Um, tell our listeners two. about it. You have two. Oh, well, when it was for dad's... my dad, my dad bequeathed it. it to me. Yeah, man, I used to work in um, at Jay Berta Guitars in Berrien Springs, Michigan, on Main Street there, and he was a handmade. He he made handmade guitars um, with like Civil War tools. Um, and he was mm-hmm. he was truly a maker, and he um, it was cool, man. We, I taught guitar there and I had to make two guitars, number 129 and 131. Somebody jumped in on 130. <laughs> and, then, and then he stopped making them at 150. And they're truly, I think they're truly works of art. Really? Yeah, he's just stopped. He was like that. Jan was like that. Just like, nah, I'm not going to do that anymore. But it took years. I mean, he, he, he planed the wood by hand and then he, he formed the guitar, put in these forms, and then he stuck it in his window for two and a half years. It was a mess. It mm-hmm. took forever. In fact, I didn't get it until we went to Finland. I got it like two days before we went to Finland. Do you remember that? No. Yeah, before we went to Finland in 98, 97? I think it was 97, mm. uh, that Christmas. Yeah. We, uh, the, that guitar came in two days before and I took it and, and then it got sent through New York where you guys went when I was going through Atlanta. It went through New York and you guys found it on the conveyor belt. Like that Randomly. was weird. That was, that was weird yeah random coincidence almost lost it but yeah i've got two Alberta guitar and makers man i'm so impressed by people who can make stuff because i can't make me yeah me too much, yeah really. our friend leighton darby from uh, australia he's really committed to the making community and he makes amazing beautiful stuff too what i can't yeah. figure out is how to get him to make me something i got a spoon what i got a spoon he made me a spoon did he he mailed it to you it came through someone else. I think somebody brought it from Australia and then they sent it to me from like Atlanta or something. But yeah, no, it's a great spoon. And I, I think it was when my dad died, he sent me like a console. I don't, not a consolation spoon. That's not what no, it is. No, but it's, it's every time I use it, every time I use it, I'm like, man, I, I know that love and care has been put into it. It's made by hand. It's beautiful. We've well, talked late, about Leighton before. Leighton, if you're listening, um, I haven't had any personal tragedies, but I would love a spoon. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you should. So thank you. So Sam. Yeah, let's go back. To what are our... we? What are we talking about today? Because we're we're on this we're on this journey, as they say. We're on this. Mu- or as you musical, said, this journey, musical journey. Um, 
yeah, we're on this mm-hmm. musical journey through the thing. And by the way, this is this has brought a lot of people. Like it's brought people have been thinking about it. People have been reminding reminded of the good times they had listening to Big Face Grace, going to Big Face Grace concerts, finding their spiritual center and, and deciding what kind of music they like. And I'm sure it had that kind of impact on people. Well, I can't wait to see our listens go up on Spotify by thousands now. I'm, I'm watching it every day and there's been no movement, Tim. There's really? No movement that I'm expecting it to happen. Do you know who makes that money from Spotify? I know it's not a lot, but do you know who makes that money? Because no, I didn't I put that no stuff idea. up there. I didn't put it there either. So is somebody making money off us? Maybe it was Jason, Jason. yeah. He's collecting on that five pennies every three months, probably, that they send them. <laughs> it's not worth the paper it's printed on at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, because those algorithms are, it takes a lot to make money. Yeah, of, which is probably something we should talk about, the, how difficult it is to monetize a musical career. It was then, and nowadays it's got to be even more difficult because the, the music itself is not where you're making money. Right. right. Um, yeah. I don't know that it ever really was in the same way. I mean, some bands, some bands, some artists, some musicians, but I think when we were playing music, like there was like six or seven artists in Christian music that were making money off their albums. Really? There weren't that many. Yeah. Like Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant and Sandy Patty. And I, I'm sure the take six guys were, but um, I mean, just the volume that you had to sell and mm-hmm. Christian music just wasn't that big. The, the market was just not that big. I mean, yeah. we made a lot of money, right? Yeah. Well, I remember when the payments had to be delivered by Brinks trucks because they came as uh, gold <laughs> bullion. There was no way to, there was no way to actually <laughs> deliver that kind of. <laughs> I remember being like four or five years in and we went out to eat at like Magianos and the band paid for it. And I remember thinking, wow, they paid for a whole meal. <laughs> We, we made enough to pay for a meal for us and our wives. I remember, hey. do you remember that? Oh yeah. No, I tell you the moment I thought we've made it is when we didn't all have to pile into the same hotel room. Everyone got, we actually had to share rooms instead. Right. Right. That's when I thought, okay, we've made it. We've got three rooms <laughs> instead of one now. <laughs> oh, it's true. Uh, it's uh, true. Yeah. So I, I think... Look, we left, the, we left the dear listeners in a, at a pivot, at a great yeah. cliffhanger. It moment. was a cliffhanger. You were going to tell us about something. What was it? Um, and what I began to say last time is that I know the precise moment when I knew this road, it doesn't end here, but it's coming to an end. Like there's a hor- the horizon opened where there was an end to the band. <laughs> For me anyway, I knew. That seems like, that seems like premature to tell us that. Well, we no, have, I mean, there's a lot more we have, but go ahead. Yeah, you know, I feel what? like we're almost done with a timeline situation, right? Now we're talking like philosophical, we'll bounce all around. So yeah, well, give us I the, think, give I us think the time. You and I have never talked about this and I think it's going to surprise you. It may not be me a negative because surprise. Because it, it, be it was that early on. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was at my second practice with you all. That's when I knew that is not going to happen. <laughs> no, not really. Um, look, here's, here's what I remember. I remember that there was always a, we were all really, we we're pastors and we we're pursuing right. two things passionately because we believed in both the music and we believed in the ministry we were doing. And um, both of those things were the only things we talked about ever, um, ever. We get together, we practice and we talk ministry and we practice, we talk ministry and and then um, I had a child. I was the oh, first one. You were the first one. In fact, you didn't, and I don't know that I'll ever forgive you for this. You didn't go on a tour to Australia because you decided to wait with your wife who was nine months pregnant. And my child was born while you were gone. In Australia. Was she born? Was Ali actually born? April we 2000. Were you were on tour. And... I still, I can't believe that to this day, I'm still having to explain to the rest of you. It was probably a good idea that I stay for the birth of my first child. I, I remember, I remember being like, I don't, I don't know what the big deal is. I don't know why it's such a big deal. Um, yeah. And then I had yeah. a kid. Then I had it. But that's when you knew when you held your daughter up above your, your arms, like a, like, and I sang, like Simba yes. in the Lion King. <clears throat> no, that's not when I knew. And you went, hi. 
Icaranda. Somebody <laughs> just said, You just said Icaranda. I don't know what those Did you say Icaranda? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> 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 I didn't. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I don't know what those words are. That is the Latin yeah. version. You just <laughs> translated. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I don't know if you held your baby up like that when she first came. Um, I did but, not hold her up. But so, but when did you know? When did you know? Exegete that for me. Okay, so um, we had a meeting, probably six months after Alexandra was born. And it was at a Denny's. I remember that. It was at lots a Denny's. Of lots of meeting at Denny's. And it was a Denny's in La Mesa. You were still in La Mesa. Okay, yeah. As youth pastor of the La Mesa mm-hmm. Adventist Church. At that point, my ministry life was consuming. It was, it was really challenging. Um, and I sat in a meeting with everybody where I kept thinking, everyone here is still paving a path to huge rock stardom, big. And I looked at you and I knew, okay, Tim's got the songwriting skill. He's the lead singer. He's got the dance moves that I don't have. Um, (laughs) He's articulate, thoughtful. He's he's Bono. He's going to be the Bono. Then I looked at Mike and I thought, Mike is the business mind behind this thing. So he's going to be the big time producer. He's going to be, he may not, you know, he may not be in rock and roll for a long time playing it up front, but he will definitely be the, you know, the big label owner, producer, mm-hmm. um, Jay-Z. He's, he's going to be the guy, right? So <clears throat> then I looked at the rest of us and I knew no path. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. No, it's not. It may not be true, but this, you, hear me out. I'm processing this. Right now. <laughs> um, then I looked at my life and I thought, I need to be a father and I need to really be a pastor. Um, the, my, my ministry is calling me to put my best effort in my head into this. And I can't, the, the only other thing I'm going to do is be a dad and my husband to, to my family. So that's when I knew I'm not, this is, I'm, I will never be like my personality already had, I could not, touring was difficult for me. And I knew you cannot be successful unless you tour. That's, that's the game. Yeah. Um, and I, I just knew at that moment, this is, I'm going to keep doing this because I love this guy. These guys are my family. You are my family. <laughs> but I don't think I can, this, there's, a, there's an off-ramp coming. If this wow. thing gets bigger, I'm, I'm getting off exit 22, so, 25, whatever the exit is. So, so were you praying that we were not successful? Is that no. the prayers that you had? No. I'm just saying, because maybe you, maybe you prayerfully sabotaged. <laughs> okay, here's the, next, here's the last piece that's going to hurt a little. Are you ready? Here's the last piece. Yeah. I, I just didn't know that we had it to yeah. become really big. Yeah. Um, and by had it, I mean, do we have the guts to quit our jobs and actually get in a van and and do 300 shows like like you have to do in order to become successful um do we have that kind of i mean and, and do we want to because ministry is really good we were all right. doing really meaningful and, and flourishing ministries and that was the interesting thing right so so we all love seminary and we all kind of went our own separate ways but you you were supposed to go to carolina you ended up coming out to la sierra as the young adult pastor and then trans then you moved over to um the university to be the chaplain there, the lead chaplain. Um, Mike was in Hinsdale in Chicago and we were able to help work out um, getting him a job at um, Azure Hills at the time that, and he grew a group that eventually became Crosswalk Church where I work right now. Roy Ice was up in Sacramento for a few years and then we were able to help him get a job down here at Azure Hills as their youth pastor. And he's done, you know, amazing things since then. He's now the I think the main speaker for faith for today, um, Jason moved here. Um, and I think lived in an empty dorm for a while. He lived in my house for a year. <laughs> he did. He lived with Roy for a long time too, um, but he was willing to, and we had, we had those moments. I think after, after the gospel music association, that was one of those moments where we were like, okay, should we do this? Yeah. Is it time for us to quit and go and all move in together with our wives and, which yeah. no would not have worked. But we, I think we had maybe three moments where we thought if we give into this, if we step 
forward and do it. But the problem was God was kind of blessing all of our other ministries pretty significantly yeah. as well. And so it never felt right to step in. Yeah. Do I know, do I think that we could have made it? Made it. Um, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that we did. I, I don't, I've never felt like the songwriting was, I, I think there's some good stuff for sure. But I like, I listen to, I listen to, some other musicians, m- many of which, um, you know, and I, I'm like, wow, I never had, like, I never understood music that way. Hmm. I like to do what I do, but we could never kind of get out of the garage band. Like there, there's a, gr- there are a garage band who are kind of playing above their station. That's what I felt like all, <laughs> all our press was, was like, we're surprised these guys are on this tour, but man, they're kind of fun. And someday their know, music I might think, be good. Well, I, I think our, as is often the case with many artists, I think our, live performance was really compelling. We got good at live performance. Yeah. Um, and I think people who heard us in person went back, went back and listened to our music and were like, wow, this is good too. But um, they were so disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> no. Look, no, I, I think I, they kind of were. <clears throat> one thing I think is that, for me is that um, we were meeting a lot of people, a lot of bands, a lot of artists who were, who were committing to it, right? Right. Who were just doing that, living out of vans, uh, eating, you know, bread top and ramen. Bu- like top ramen. Um, and and it, it was such a, I was in, both inspired by that kind of level of commitment and at the same time frightened by it. I was like, I, is that, I have a child to feed now. I can't, right. I don't know if I can. Yeah, we were a little older than most of the bands that were playing. We were a little older. Like we had gone to college and graduate school and, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it would have been, yeah, 200 shows a year in a van you know, down yeah. by the river, as they say, it would have been, that would have been tough. That would have been tough, you know, for 50 bucks a night playing yeah. whenever you can. And so I always felt like we, we were able to do some pretty amazing things that, that we probably shouldn't have kind of living above our station. Like I said, um, you know, I, we I got, think, we got, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Cause you started. Well, look, the last thing I would say is that I think we were, we were in a, we were in a in a great bridge situation. The we've talked about before. Um, the the MP3 revolution mm-hmm. was making it harder and harder to monetize a a musical career. Anyway, right. Um, and I thought I thought there's this is getting harder and harder, and the commitment to it is going to get even more dramatic that we have to make to it. So. Um, so I, listen, man, it was that Denny's, wow. that conversation that night, we went to Denny's after our practice and I sat around watching you all thinking the end, that there's an end coming. This, this is going to be a great hobby for me for now. <laughs> and um, either I'm, there's an off ramp coming or this band is, um, we're not, I'm not, I'm not pursuing this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have that same I, I lived the dream in my head for significantly longer than that. <laughs> Look, you know, you know, what's funny is that I think one of us, I'm not going to say who was truly disappointed, even when we had not played a show in a year or two. Yeah. And there was nothing yeah. happening and it was clear this is over. That one, that one of us was like, what? We're quitting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we did that one show, I think it was at La Sierra University. That was. felt like a re- it felt like a reunion show because we hadn't yes. played in so long. And yeah, we had that was like, all right, guys, awesome. Like, no one's booking gigs anymore. No one's looking for gigs. I think you're right. I think one of our members was like, well, what? What doing? What have I been doing for the last year? I've got all this music I've written. We're like, yeah, we're not gonna practice. And what am I thing. supposed to do next? Dude, I'll never forget. I'll never forget when um, we, we did do kind of a reunion show a couple years after that. It was actually here at Crosswalk Church. Yep. And um, Jason wasn't able to come out, I think. And so we, we had a substitute guitarist, Jeff Lamb. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I remember. Um, he was great. Jeff was a phenomenal musician, just an amazing guitarist. And we'd be practicing a song. This is when I knew like, huh, maybe that dream that I had was maybe not. Maybe that was foolish, you know, because we, we'd go through a song and we'd get about a quarter of the way through like we play the verse and the chorus and jeff would go okay is there anything else that happens 
<laughs> I think I got it. And we'd be like, what do you, no, no, there's a whole song here. And he's like, yeah, does anything, is it any different the rest of the song? And we're like, well, no, not really. And he's like, yeah, I got it. I'm fine. Like, I was, uh, I, that was when I was like, oh, so that's what a real musician is like. <laughs> we were, we were ne- ne- musical Neanderthals to him. We're like, oh, okay. I got it. <laughs> there's, there's no complexity. I think I've got the. <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, that was a you shocking know, moment. I was, I was just like, oh, yeah, no, there's, that's all it does. That's, it does that. <laughs> I, I remember that show being sore after practices and yeah. playing that, that show. Literally, physically, I just don't know if I can do this. Um, no, wear, I, wear my guitar for two or three hours at a time. I don't think my shoulder's you know, in shape for that. I knew, for me, though, I knew when, um, when my second child came. And we'd, we'd leave on a show and I'd come back and, and Sarah always supportive would be like, you know, are you bringing home a check? Like, what is the, how is this benefiting our family? And, you know, at the end it became uh, an ego thing is not, not it because probably the best thing that I, that for me happened through the band is that um, I got to hang out with incredible ministers of the gospel for every every month every you know sometimes every week we got to hang out together we got to talk shop like you say we we had an opportunity to um to talk philosophy of ministry and theology and you know the first couple of years i did not think i was going to stay in ministry and i think that's been true that's been true of my whole career i think we've all experienced that like ministry is really hard ministry is sometimes incredibly lonely um and if you don't have a group of people, and for us it was a group of brothers, um, that that are going through it together and understand and and talk through situations, and um, I've always had that in my career. I've always been blessed by that. Whether it was the band that I think kept me in ministry for the first, you know, five to seven years, and then you know the one project that started in two thousand and ten, and and you guys hanging out, like those are the things that have given me life. <clears throat> when ministry gets gets very difficult um, hmm. because it is, right? Ministry is hard. It's beautiful. It's ugly. It's all those things all wrapped up together. And if you don't have a group of people that understand what you're going through, because you can't talk to your church members yeah. about how frustrating it is. It's inappropriate because they're the ones who are sometimes creating that frustration. Yeah. Not, not in a bad way, just, you know, it's complicated. It's a simple job. Love people. It's very complicated. Yeah, you you need a different a place outside of your your work and community to to have these conversations. And I think I think you're right. You know what I just thought about Tim is how amazing um, God has been to us that we had the band mm-hmm. where you're right. A lot of what we did was you know, ministry, philosophy, theology, long trips were, um, and I had such high, such respect for all of you. We, you, you're, you were the, you were the best at ministry. I don't know. I mean, our musical careers, we were good. I just want to, we, we were back. fine. It was fun. Um, um, but, but we were exceptional. You guys were exceptional pastors. Exceptional. Well, um, as you were, as you were in R as well. I, I, listen, I include myself in that club because I like to be included in important tables. But, um, and then when the band ended, uh, God gave us the one project, that, that family to yeah. uh, keep doing. And it got us through some difficult, difficult days in ministry. Yeah. Um, Which is a, families. that's a whole nother episodic adventure we need to go through a journey, as they say, because the one project has been fascinating in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. Did I ever tell you what George Knight said? No. Well, you told me many things George Knight says. Because- <laughs> so Dr. George Knight, a church historian, has written a lot of kind of seminal books on, on Seventh-day Adventist history. And he was one of our professors, really great guy. Um, we got to know him a little bit out there. Um, do you remember when he broke both his arms? Yes. Yes, I do. And he taught class with both And he taught class arms. with both broken arms. And we went over to his house that one day. Were you there with us? No. Yeah, I went over to his house one day and we, I think Wittis was there. Maybe Alex had come, Alex Bryant. And uh, we went there to like console and we just ended up making fun of him. (laughs) (laughs) A poor guy. He had fallen off his bike and broke both his arms. It was horrible. Anyway, um, great guy. 
I was in the Denver airport and you know, George Knight has a very, a very like signature voice. Yes. Unique. Very unique. And if we had class at like eight o'clock in the morning, so we got to know that voice very, very significantly. So I'm sitting at the airport and I hear his voice. He's talking on the phone and I'm like, Oh, that's Dr. Knight turn. You know, I turn around. He's like right behind me on those chairs that, you know, and so so he gets off the phone. I turn around and we start chatting. And he goes, he goes, ah, you know, you guys, you are. <laughs> you know, since you've been at seminary, it's never been the same. And I was like, oh, really? What? He's like, yeah, who comes to seminary and starts a, a Christian rock band? Who does that? I, that's not a very good George Knight. But um, I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, you broke the seminary. <laughs> <laughs> which I've taken to be one of the greatest compliments of my life. <laughs> but I think there's uh, something special. There's something special about, um, about really kind of capable people coming together and working on a project together and making something, making something right. That was my contribution. Mm-hmm. It's not, I don't make spoons, right. I make, you know, been, been able to, hopefully change people's minds or their thoughts on things because of the art that we've put out or because of the sermons, which I, you know, songwriting for me moved over to um, sermon writing and now writing series guides and books and that sort of thing. Just take, Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to take those ideas and move them out if I can, because I think it's important that we add to the body of knowledge that's out there. We add to whatever the culture is doing and that, and that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, that's good, Tim. That's good. I don't, you know, maybe George Knight's, I don't know if we broke the seminary, but we did break some barriers. And I think yeah. breaking barriers came at a, at a cost to uh, some people who supported us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also made, made um, I think made a path. I'm not claiming that we were the first or the only. There was many before us who right. um, blazed trails and who made it possible for us to think about music to do not not be so um, narrow in our thinking about the kind of art that can be included in not just worship but also in uh, um, you know, releasing artists to do what God has called them to do. You might know something that I, I I think we a part of this journey that <laughs> I found interesting is that when we started we we were a a performance band right we 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 wrote songs, we performed them and people, but there was also another, it was, there was a, a budding um, musical genre that wasn't really big, the, the praise and worship genre. Yeah. That um, I, I, I thought our best music, our best work was in the praise, praise and worship, uh, the few praise and worship songs that we wrote. Matter of fact, you want, so, so here's the irony of all this, you want to hear this? So we were, I don't even know where we were. We were at a festival somewhere and we had set up our booth. We were selling our t-shirts, which were making money. Right. Right. Um, and there was this kid who set up next to us who was just weird, skinny looking. He had this huge long goatee <laughs> and super long puffed out hair. Yeah. Yep. And he had this, this really unique sound to his voice. And all he did was was worship music and yeah i thought who who wants to come to a who wants to pay money like pay <laughs> money to go sit in front of you and sing they do that at a church right for for free why would you like what else you what else you got little skinny kid whose name is david crowder crowder yep <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, huh? And in the end, I mean, within two or three years, he became one of the biggest names, not just in worship music, but also in Christian music. That's all that was happening uh, in right. two or three years from there. And, right. And, and I mean, and today it is worship music. The Christian music industry almost is exclusive. And well, I'm sure it's not exclusively, but it feels like it's worship. I mean, with Elevation and with Hillsong and with Bethel, yeah. all, those, all those groups. Yeah. You know. That was a big... That yeah, was that was shift we we were we were witnesses to, and it was happening as we were making music, and we didn't really catch that wave, right? Well, and I think we we always struggled with trying to find our sound. What's our sound, <laughs> right? We always we struggled with that. I mean, we worked with different producers, great people, but you know, the every album sounded 
different enough that I felt like we never kind of landed on exactly who we were. And there was those tensions within the band as well. Um, you know, because mm-hmm. we all come from kind of different musical ethoses, if you will. Ethoses? Ethi? Different Eth- musical ethies. Ethies. <laughs> I don't think that's it. Um, yeah, no, it was, um, being in a band's hard. Yeah. It's, it's actually quite difficult. Yeah, because of some of the you know creative differences that we talked about before yeah. but also like you spend a lot of time with these people you do there were times i spent more time with the band than with my wife yeah no that's that's definitely true thanks for making that admission out loud because it's yeah. true no we just true. you know our wives suffered through a lot of like really you're traveling again really you're gonna yeah. spend six hours practicing again i mean they were yeah. they were band widows for a lot of time Especially when the kids for. were really, when the kids were really small, yeah, um, and we were still do, we were still doing this, um, yeah. Public apology to our wives, no, but not just, but public recognition of the sacrifice they made to give us an opportunity to do this kind of this kind of ministry and and work and art. I um, remember, I remember one time we we had played we played um, Arco Arena, which is now like a mattress arena. They call it. Up in Sacramento, I think there's a the, like a mattress company owns the arena now, but it used to be called Arco Arena, and we had played for the Acquire the Fire tour. We played with Audio A, Audio Adrenaline, and I think Skillet was on the, the that bill too. Um, we obviously were one of the opening bands, um, <laughs> but got to meet those people, just super nice guys. And um, and I remember we had, I think we had rented an RV with a driver. To yeah. take us there and back and yeah. it was like a big show for us there was like i don't know 12 15,000 back yeah, we no had idea. a camera crew following us making a documentary That's right. remember it? yeah so we really felt like we had kind of arrived and in fact this is this is when i realized like this is this is weird what's happening because as we were walking up to the venue our manager mark goes hey put down those bags like i'll carry your bags <laughs> this didn't happen like way before the front door it happened like right there i was like what are you talking about and he's like you're the talent i don't want you to be carrying that <laughs> like, we need to put out the and i was like wow that's super weird um uh, but i remember we we did the show and it went over quite well and it was really cool there were so many people in the crowd and then we signed autographs and sold merch for like four hours afterwards which was super mm-hmm. cool and then we got in that van and you know got in that rv and we come back and i just I just remember this is it. Like, this is probably it. We've reached another level. Like this is going to happen. And I come home and as I get out of the car, <laughs> my, my wife's standing on the front porch with like diapers, dirty diapers in one hand, a baby on her hip on the other side is like, welcome home. This is your life. Like, don't, this is who you really are. And it was such a moment of like, yeah, that's, that's true. I, I guess this is what I am right <laughs> you know i always say marry somebody who likes you but is not all that impressed with you uh. <laughs> you know to ground you as much as possible and my wife has always been really good at that uh, for me always supportive were, but also you know realistic they were so good they're they're our biggest fans too you know you gotta we gotta acknowledge that too they would show up to shows and listen to us and watch us do our shenanigans and yeah. um shell was so encouraging you know what i loved is when they got to travel with us yeah which happened fun. on a few occasions yeah. that was great oh, the, the trip to finland was the best Isn't that was that the incredible? best when they all came with us but you know it it's interesting because i think there was this this thought of like this is what pastors are right i know in college like a lot of the a lot of the pastoral ministry um majors were kind of like suit wearing bible black yeah. Bible in hand kind of thing. And I just wasn't like that. I, I had never been, that had never been what I saw myself as. I saw myself at much more as like, you know, playing music or whatever. And so um, I never really felt like I fit in in ministry. And so finding people that were kind of the same and then being able to do that on whatever level that was, right? At least it was some sort of level. Um, I think what it did is it opened up people's minds that ministry can be way different than we've allowed it to be in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Mm. You know, and again, we're not like, we're not pathfinders, if you will. Um, I am. I'm a master guide, actually. Well, are you really? Yes. Wow. Yep. You just drop that like, well, yeah, I'm you know. a master guide. You say we're not I'm pathfinders. A... I'm, um, I went all the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you still be a pathfinder if you, 
if you found the path. <laughs> I mean, if you're a master guide, there's no path you're looking for anymore. You've just found it, right? Isn't that? A- <laughs> they did not think through. The path is always there to be found, Tim. <laughs> always. Um, for all eternity. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, no, so um, I, think, I think we were able to open up, and I, like I said, we're not the only ones, but I think we were able to open up a lot of people's eyes to like, hey, ministry can be a little bit different than it was. And I made a deal with God when I got into ministry. I said, listen, Lord, if you want me to go to ministry, you've got to find a place for me to serve in my own skin. Because mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't be what I'm seeing out there. I just like, I physically, like physically, emotionally, spiritually, like I'm not made up that way. And some people are and praise God for it. It fits a, it fits a, it fits a role in certain churches that people need and respect and want. But I, I said, Lord, if I can't do ministry in my own skin, it's time for me to get out. And as long as you mm. give me a place to do it in my own skin with my own words, I'll do it. Uh, you know, I'll honor that. And when I, when that's no longer a possibility within either this denomination or within church at all, like I'll, I'll, I'll step aside and, and, cause I want what's best for the church. And if I'm not what's best for the church or I'm not best for whatever local situation, I want to step away. And man, God has been really faithful in providing opportunities to be who I am as you know, mm. in the settings that I'm in, as well as the extra opportunities that I've gotten to do, which by the way, you know that I've done them all with you, right? Not every single one, of course, not, not every single one, but most of them, most of them, Tim. Yes. Most of them. We have journeyed together. What have I not done with you? Um, you had a, didn't you have a coffee venture of some sort that I was not involved in? Oh yeah. You were not involved in that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and that was relatively You've short. You've grown there. chickens. I've not been involved in that. Um, That's like a family thing though. Of course you're not involved in that. That's my family. We're a family chicken farm. It, we have one chicken. Just, I don't know if that makes us chicken farmers. What happened to the other one? Did you eat it? Uh, the raccoon did. Oh yeah. Tried, yes. It was disgusting. Ugh, it was terrible. it was shocking the, and i was terrible. teaching i was teaching a class my wife sent me a picture of a decimated chicken while uh, i'm teaching so i showed it to my class i thought they would want to be were you what was it were you close to the chicken did you name it was it a we a name loss? all our chickens but my son my son isaac names everything immediately often by the name of jeremy i don't know why like a little lizard walked into my office. It couldn't have been like an inch and a half long yesterday. I sent him a picture. I was like, oh, look, a, a, a lizard walked in my office. And he's all, Gilbert, that's his name. I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. He names things. Hey, we're, Tim, we're really off topic. I want to ask you one, one <laughs> as we close this, one question. Yeah. What would you say to somebody now who, because you have, you have, a, you have a, a lot of young musicians who are so talented. Incredible. Um, involved in Crosswalk right now. Yeah, um, so much so they way, won't let me play. They won't let me play anymore. Uh, <laughs> I remember. I remember. Look, I remember. Uh, I remember when I, as I was in a band, I would watch these young college guys playing, these kids playing their instruments and singing, and I would think they they have so much talent, and they would ask Amazing. me to play. Hey, let's get the pastor who's in a rock band to play with us. That'd be kind of fun. I'd be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Can't I don't need play to play those extra. I think we've established quite clearly that there's three chords that we knew. Well, you knew more, but the, the rest of us knew three chords. <laughs> but, um, what would you say to folks who are interested in um, a musical and doing a music for even as a side thing or maybe full-time music? What would you say now? Well, you got to play, right? I mean, that's you're only successful in what you do if you do it all the time. And so it kind of, you kind of have to, that's the thing that you do. And if you're going to play, you got to play, you got to play everywhere. I say this to young preachers too. You want to preach, you want to be a good preacher, preach everywhere. Every time someone gets you an opportunity, whether they're paying you, whether they're not, whether you have to go into your own pocket to get to where you need to go, do it so that you can find your voice. You can get really good at the skill that you have. Um, Number one, number two, if you're going to do it for God, you have to submit that to him. You have to give that to him. When I went into seminary, I thought, that's it. I'm not playing any music anymore. And God was able to gift that back to me in ways that, are, that was so much more than I ever would have had to in my life before that. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, 
but, but do it well, do whatever you do, do it as, as good as you can become as professional as you can so that people can depend on you and trust you. Because that's where like, if you're a musician, that's where your gigs come from. When people go, Hey, we can call on this guitarist because this guy's going to be on time. He's going to be ready to go. He's going to know his stuff. Like take it as seriously as, as a doctor takes, takes his or her job because yeah. that's the kind of commitment that it makes to be successful in anything. And in music, even that much more because there's so many people doing it and it's so <clears throat> hard to create, you know, create the culture around you that, that really, you know, and, and then of course find your people, right? Mm. Find the people that you want to do this with because at the end of the day, <clears throat> for everything that we did and for everything that, you know, hopefully bless people, the biggest blessing to me was the guys that I got to hang yeah. out with the people who surrounded us and, and, and us, that's the biggest takeaway for me, you know, praise God. If we, if we put, if we blessed somebody by the music that we made, but I know that every time I got to spend time with you guys, I was blessed. Yeah. And that, that I think was the gift that God gave me through it was the ability to continue on. Cause I don't think I would have made it in ministry mm-hmm. after the first few years. It was, I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is seeing good. you guys was important. This is good. This what is about good. you? What about you? What is your oh, advice? Oh, man. I, mine's shorter. I, w- I would say um, we've used the word journey so much, but I'm going to use it one last time that the, you've got to first, first make art, mm-hmm. really, not artifacts that you hope people will buy. or That's the... the the this is so cliche to say, but the industry can really reshape the quality of your art if you're only thinking about monetizing it. And I think that's part of the problem. Some of the problems that we encounter right away is like, well, well, who are we and what's the sound that really will sell so we can actually do this full time? I, I think um, one beautiful thing that's happened lately is the democratizing of the of the the way music is is produced, released um, means that that the best art is going to be what succeeds, not right. the best promoted, the best bag, the best, the slickest. It's actually art. That's actually, so I would say, um, do that. Don't, you know, in our, in our day, there was a joke, the JPM joke. Remember that Jesus per minute joke that nope. Christian radio would not play your music unless you had a high number. They call it JPMs, J- Jesus I, per minutes in your, I've in your music. I've never heard that before. That is, uh, that's callous. I cannot believe you had, you had not heard I've that. I've never before. heard that. Never. Oh yeah. We, there was a, <laughs> we were in a, the atmosphere was that Christian radio, which was really the only way to, right. to success and getting high listenership, you know, because the online platforms right. weren't really developed yet. Right. K-Love. Um, right. They, they were concerned with the slip, the slippage of Christian music towards the secular because all bands wanted to do that big crossover because that's you know the big success. Right. Um, and so the, the tension was over, well, if you want to just cross over, go do that kind of music, don't be a Christian artist. So, so if you wanted to be successful in the Christian world, you had to have a high degree of JPMs in your music. <laughs> JPMs, that's horrible. <laughs> no, I actually wow. heard this. This was actually, it wasn't even a, it was real. They actually said that, JPMs. Wow. Um, and it, that, that's not music. That's not art. That's propaganda. Uh, right. or that's, that's a, like marketing tools or artifacts. They're not really towards a monetized career in, in music. There's not really art. I don't think that's, I don't think God calls us to that. So I would say first focus on, on the art, find people who can actually draw out your, your, your best voice, your best, um, the best, that you can deliver. For us, I think at the very end of our career, our work with Jerome Fontanis um, in producing, I think the three songs that he produced for us was really the, I think at the core of who we were, the Mm -hmm. five of us, I think he was able to encapsulate that for us. I think um, the earlier someone can do that with a trusted partner, they they can help you establish that um the better i think for us it was it came at the towards the very end i think i think we're gonna we'll give away those in the show notes like we'll give away 
those three songs because nobody's really heard them and i think they were they were i think you're right i think he brought out the best us by the way we should have jerome we should have he, would, he come the pod, would he talk to us well only if he wants to explode big become huge like he already is not playing with right. that little tiny band called switchfoot <laughs> that little band switchfoot if we maybe maybe we could platform them maybe <laughs> we could catapult them to real stardom um look man the last you know what i think the last thing i'll say is that is that the this is so cliche if you're if you're not really truly enjoying the the journey then don't don't do it i mean this kind of you kind of love everything the the friendships the connections the networking the um the brotherhood to me was worth more than everything else that happened in that in that time of our lives yeah worth more than any of that absolutely um, it, it was you know why family. we say that you know why we say that right why because we never made money <laughs> Because I think if we had made millions of dollars, we'd be like, yeah, you know, the friendships were awesome. But have you seen my new car? Maybe. I don't know. Have you seen my new Bentley? <laughs> uh, Sam, always good talking with you. Um, Great. Is this a wrap-up of this? Wrap up. Yeah. This is a wrap-up. So we're not talking about the band anymore. Unless we get, you know, a huge dilute, deluge of questions that we need to answer and people are interested in us continuing. But I think this is, this is it. I think we've wound it down. Yeah. So I think, I don't know what we're taking on next, but um, there should be some good stuff. Oh, I know, but tune in, dear listener. It's going yes. to be exciting, an exciting next season. We, uh, it's not season. Why do it? you keep breaking it into seasons? Don't you have to have a break between the first season and the second season? I mean, we no, do sometimes, just, but that's normally because we just don't do it. Professionals do, so I just figure we need to. <laughs> It's not going to be a season. It's going to be uh, a, the next series of episodes. It's yeah. going to be exciting. It is. You're going to have to tell me what it is we're talking about eventually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. This is Tim and Sam. Sam and Tim, thank you for tuning in. Castnet's theme music is produced by Michael Lenore, and our content manager is Teresa Rojas. Tim is the lead pastor of Crosswalk Church in Redlands, California, and Sam oversees spiritual care for Adventist Health. Thank you for joining them for today's conversation. For more information on what they have going on or to support their ministry financially, visit www.samandtim.com. That is S-A-M, the letter N, T-I-M.com.